just know that something good is gonna happen. Is mm. it though? Uh, Kate Bush thinks so. <laughs> In that song. It's 2021. Something good has to happen. Come on. I just know that something good is gonna happen. Welcome to Brose, the podcast for those who drink rose. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros in rose. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweet. Hi, everyone. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And on an audio feed reporting live from right where we left him, it's Mr. Tim Hansen. I don't even know where you left me. Uh, well, I don't know either. <laughs> Clearly, neither do you. Yeah, no. <laughs> where am I? <laughs> we left nah, you somewhere. No. Yeah, we'll root around. Maybe, maybe we left you like... You know, we'll find some spare change under the car, the the seats of the car, and suddenly Tim Hansen will just pop up. Be like, "Hey, I've been out here for months." Yeah, weren't you in the back okay. in in a trunk at some point during the uh, past three years? Several times. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you gotta be specific. That's that's a reoccurring thing. Yeah, it was a savage race, I believe. Right? Yes, was sir. It? Yeah. So, uh, and uh, that was the thing. So we we this is a trip to uh, some place in the middle of nowhere in Maryland. And uh, and Tim, for some reason, he had a ride there, but didn't have a ride back, and you had to be in the trunk on the way home. <laughs> mm. I don't remember how this happened. I don't know. We, we we were trying to consolidate cars because rather than having all those all those cars and paying for parking, and I'm small and I fit in trunks, so yeah, that's it's the true. move yeah. on a normal <laughs> basis. So Tim hopped in the trunk of my uh, my my grocery grabber, the uh, Hyundai Elantra wagon, and uh, and went the whole way. I think it was Kennedyville, Maryland, and went the whole uh, hour trip back to Newark, uh, Delaware. Jeez, it wasn't wow. that bad. I'm sure. But we, but we put the privacy cover over you, so nobody would try and steal you at the back. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Brose Podcast, everyone. Available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. Uh, if you've listened to our show before, you'll know by now that the premise of our program is that we answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything, and we do it while enjoying a delicious, crisp, fruity glass of rosé. It's fancy because I rolled the R. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. It's the first episode we're recording in the new year 2021. We're doing it, guys. Yes. Thank yeah. God. Let me tell you, I can't believe 2019 finally came to an end. And <laughs> you know, I and, know I know it's arbitrary. Like it's just a day and it's like we're still nothing has changed, but it still yeah. was such a relief to yeah. move into 2021 and be like, all right, what the fuck, guys? I have it on good authority that racism is over um, <laughs> and uh, that with the turning of the calendar that actually the pandemic has decided to call it a day. And uh, the novel <laughs> coronavirus has been ejected to Saturn, where it is now ravaging that planet. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Taken care of. Uh, now, before we get into our questions, let's discuss the wines that we are drinking. Uh, I'm going to randomly select you, Tim. Tell us what you're drinking tonight. Is it because of the face I made? I, I said I said it random. I would never, I would never besmirch the integrity of the word random by then just choosing you based on what your face looked like. But it was a weird face. Uh, okay, so this is 
Obi's Wine Cave Rosé, bottled on November 11th, 2017. Um, so this is the husband of a former co-worker of my mother-in-law. And she actually gave me this and another bottle uh, three, four months ago. It was during me not being able to drink and having a pounding headache constantly. Uh, so finally popped this open because I didn't have any FU 2020 to pop open for this. Um, it is not not great. It's not good. <laughs> it it tastes right. it tastes like grape juice that has gone bad. Which okay is like not not like it's grape juice that is slightly fermented. It is grape juice that has just gone bad. Is what this. There's nothing like. more foreboding than going into one of these sessions, taking a sip of your wine. And realizing, oh, this is awful, and then realizing you have like four and a half hours of drinking that wine ahead of you. Uh, I'm not gonna lie; I'm probably going to just go put this in the fridge at some point and switch to a different <laughs> bottle of wine at some point and just drink Coke for the rest of this episode. But I, I thought you said you're—I thought you were gonna say that you were gonna store it under your uh, your sink just in case your drain got clogged and you needed to uh, eat to loosen everything it up alive. Just eat it. Yeah, it's like the yeah the Green Goblin. Uh, thing that just eats through hair and trash and everything except it's your wine uh sean what are you drinking tonight i'm drinking by ott it is a uh cote de provence wine from 2019 and so we again me included forgot my birthday episode you so did I was like i'm gonna treat myself and i bought the most expensive bottle of rosé so this bottle is nice. was 20 dollars. <laughs> oh hell yeah oh snap <laughs> so watch out but it's really it's it's really nice. It's a really pleasant rose. Like I think if you're if you're like explaining what a rose is, it would be this one. So it's real smooth, mm. a little bit tart, and it's not overpowering. It's light. Good in the summer. Rose. Nice. Excellent. That's lovely. That's lovely. How about you, Rich? Uh I am drinking silence. Shh. Uh it is a twenty nineteen rose. Um and it is the worst rosé I've had in 2021. Was it also the best you've had in 2021? Uh, no, because I you... think I finished 2020 drinking FU 2020. Still had a little uh, bit left, so I had that. Um, I got you. It, this is not good. Uh, no? Uh, I, it might be the worst rosé I had since 2020. like mm. Or in, even during 2020. It's not good. <laughs> I was going to say, as like we've we, established, we, you haven't had that much since 2020. No. no. I, I meant during 2020. I feel like we've had this one before because I distinctly remember one of us making the shh joke about their <laughs> wine uh, at some point in the last two years. But it could have been, I mean, it could have been for anything. So, uh, <laughs> candidly, full full uh, uh, transparency, I stopped keeping track of the wines about God, what 20, a disgrace. 20 episodes ago. Um, so, who knows? Mm-hmm. Just, just no integrity, none at all. I was gonna uh, say you had one job, but you don't have just one job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You also have to remember the Instagram login because I don't. Uh, <laughs> I am drinking. Uh, oh boy, uh, Domaine Lubayac. Uh, it's a Willamette Valley uh, rosé, and uh, the only reason I know what the Willamette Valley is is because I believe it's your end goal in the Oregon Trail. Uh, <laughs> you have to make your way to the Willamette Valley. Uh, this is a wine that was uh, given to me as a gift from my godmother. Shout out to Aunt Linda. Uh, when you have a podcast 
with the word rosé in the name, uh, it makes giving gifts for for the holidays much easier. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we got a selection of rosés that I'll be trying out over the next couple of weeks, uh, including this one, uh, which is produced and bottled by Domaine Lubayac, uh, Dundee, Oregon. Um, it is good. It is not super sweet. Uh, it is, it is, it's. It is perfectly good. I would say it's like a B minus B level wine right now. Uh, it is not particularly fruity. It is not particularly tart. It is just sort of right down the middle. So if that's if that's what you're looking for, I think you, you could do worse than this one. Uh, now, Sean, you have our first set of questions, correct? I, I do indeed. Great. And as a reminder, send your questions to brosequestions at gmail.com. Uh, if you want them answered on the air, but uh, let's get going. What's your what's our first question? Our first question submitted by Emily Cooper. Did you watch Soul? And then I guess follow up. What did you think of it? <laughs> it's not a, just a roll call. <laughs> yeah, like we did. We didn't. Moving on. Um, I have, I haven't watched it yet. We uh, we let Disney Plus lapse, and we're probably not going to get it back until uh, like a month or so from now uh, when when WandaVision comes out. Uh, it's in a, a week and a half. Uh, well, we're not going to get in a week and a half either. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have Hulu Live, and I think we're going to wait until after Hulu Live runs out before we tag that on. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. But what about you guys? Have you seen Soul? Not I yet. have. I have yet to watch it, but I've. I actually thought about watching it today, but just decided not to. We watched it last night, so I'm the only one who watched it. It's yes, very it sounds good. like it. What'd you think? Uh, it was very good. It's a. It's a good. It's a nice kind of depressing movie about like obsession and what that means for people. It's, it's just a good movie. (laughs) Okay. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really, I don't know. It's movies about death. Children, children's movies about death are pretty, Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty, pretty, yeah, it's pretty heavy, but it's, it was good. It was, uh, it seemed, I think everybody enjoyed it. Alice enjoyed it. The music Mm -hmm. has a lot of Mm -hmm. jazz. Which is nice. You'll love it, Matt. (laughs) Right up your alley. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Disney Pixar animated uh, movies tend to have a very high high floor. Like, Mm -hmm. even if every one of them is not like an A plus effort, like, it's you're going to get a pretty solid level of consistency. So, even the worst Pixar movie or worst Disney animated uh, computer animated movie is pretty strong. Yeah. We watched, we've watched Moana at least once a day, every single day for the last like month and a half. And it's still good. Mm -hmm. It holds yeah. up. <laughs> it has that kind of staying power. Like there are so many worse movies that it could have been. Yeah, but Moana's and, like the original Toy Story is still like that. Like yeah. the original Toy Story is still just like because like when you're young, it's like oh my god, this is incredible, and like you know, it's it's fun to latch onto the toys and everything. And as an adult, I just look and and look at the voices because I'm like, oh look, it's uh it's Cliff from from Cheers. <laughs> oh, it's uh, Jim Varney from the Ernest movies. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. uh. It's like all those guys. Like it's, it's it's such a stellar voice. Don Rickles is in it. Don yeah. Rickles is in the Toy Story movies. <laughs> it's a great, and that before you even get to Tim Allen and Tom Hanks. So it's it's a, a strong, strong lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So Sean's the only one who's seen Soul. Yeah. I am very intrigued by Soul, and certainly that's like one of our like first two or three things we're going to watch when we get. Yeah, Disney I would Plus I would back. recommend it. I think it's a okay. Good, it's a good watch. Mm. Excellent. So. All right. Um, well, I won't uh, belabor the point. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's also, it's also a movie about a, a black man, and that's not something you usually see in a Pixar mm-hmm. movie. So that's also like right. something of note. And I have seen some dueling opinions on specifically that part because I've seen um, people, you know, media figures that I follow either on Twitter or Facebook 
um, uh, you know, black writers or black media writers who half of them say, hey, you know, they're bringing up the the typical point, which is a valid one, that all of these animated movies that include a main character who is black, somehow they managed to get rid of the blackness. Um, mm-hmm. Like these characters in Soul are, you know, these blue things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you go back to Princess and the Frog, they turn them into frogs for three yeah. quarters of the movie. Um, but then... Yeah, I've I've seen the dueling opinion that it's like, well, if, yeah, if, if all you're looking at is the the color of the characters, then you're missing the point because culturally there's a lot more there mm-hmm. um, yeah. that you wouldn't normally see if you didn't have a diverse writing. It cast, is so. it is also very bizarre to see a Pixar movie where the main character is a dude in his forties. Yeah, yeah, it's it was weird. It was I mean it mm-hmm. wasn't like I I wasn't like uncomfortable. It was just like something that caught my attention throughout it. Throughout it. I'm like I wonder how kids like are really connecting with this movie because yeah. it's it's somebody who is out of their scope but there also is the character like the the buddy character who is like a, a baby soul so oh okay okay yeah you're right you don't really see that i mean either it's a main character who's a kid or it's like a fantasy creature like yeah you know a, t- a toy or you know amy poehler as an emotion <laughs> uh, you know yeah. uh so you know it, it's you're that's a, that's a valid point so um, how about we just move on then, uh, and we'll, maybe we'll circle back to Soul when uh, we've got uh, three, three other opinions I, on it. I would have watched it yesterday, but I watched the entire third season of Cobra Kai that just released yesterday. So mm-hmm. that was five straight hours of watching. Something. You got to have your priorities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What is our next question, Sean? Our next question is: What's the last thing you rage quit? <laughs> oh, last thing I rage quit. Hmm. Uh, Tim's got a smile on his face. Uh, what, <laughs> what have you recently rage quit, Tim? So it's not recent because I don't really rage quit because I I just think that's... I don't want to say poor sportsmanship, but it's just like if you're playing a game to have fun. So if you're getting that upset about it, then you're just being a dick mm-hmm. is my general opinion. But clearly I've done mm-hmm. it. Otherwise, I would not have laughed and smiled. Sure, sure. Um, so this was probably probably been two years at this point i don't think it was last year because i don't think martha and i were engaged yet but uh we went to go spend the weekend and visit a friend of the show charlie and kyle and we were paying we were playing i don't know if it was i think it was rick and morty munchkin okay (laughs) um so rick and morty themed munchkin which like when you get in when you get into the non munchkin like non original munchkin games like the themed ones they start to have a lot of weird rules or like things on the cards that involve stuff that would not be directly part of the game like how many electronic devices are on the table so you have to define what is the table and we were uh. playing on a blanket on the floor but like they made sure that like we we defined this is a table before we even started uh but the very but one of the very last like characters that came up and i was about to win uh was evil morty who like if if you laugh during the combat you lose okay like and and like not like you just lose this fight it's like you die like you okay. lose everything and I was oh like, that's a bummer so <laughs> So I I I I was clearly winning and like just they were throwing stuff at me couldn't stop me couldn't stop me couldn't stop me and uh, after like 5 minutes which no round should take that long 
After five <laughs> minutes of them not doing anything, it's like, I win. I win. I win. Can we just say that this is over? Because mm-hmm. none of you have anything and you're all just kind of talking BS. And then like, Martha like motions to Kyle about something. And then Kyle tickles my foot. And, ah. it, and my foot <laughs> is like the most ticklish part of my body. So of course I just like, ah! And they're like, oh, you lose. I was like, no, that's bullshit. I was, so I <laughs> I grabbed the blanket and just flipped that shit in the air. Oh, boy. So oh. we spent like 20 minutes trying to find all the cards, and some of them went in like the guinea pig cage and stuff like that. So <laughs> I was like, this is right. bullshit. I absolutely won. And they're like, no, you didn't. You lost. I was like, this, no, you couldn't do anything. The fight mm. was over. Yeah, so no, that was it. Seems to me that Tim's a sore loser. <laughs> and uh, doesn't have the can, endurance. That's how Munchkin goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I can, I can see that, though. Uh, Rich, what have you? Uh, what was the last thing you rage quit? So I have two in mind that I want to talk about. I don't think one of them I really consider a rage quit, but I still want to talk about it anyway because I did get really, really angry before I decided there's no more for this today. Are you going to try to convince us that you're not the asshole in this situation? No. no uh, one of them. It sounds like that's what you're gearing up for. One, one of them, yes. The other one, okay. it was a single player game. Okay. So, so the one that's that's I uh, like not cons- not really a rage quit is I was playing Demon Souls after it came out on the PS5, and uh, there was one day I think it was like the Saturday after it came out. I'm sitting there and I'm doing this one section, and I was playing that part it's uh the king's path is what it's called for anybody who might know demon souls it's just this long bridge where every time you go out onto it a dragon comes and breathes fire on you so you have to time your runs and and everything properly and at the end of it you get to it there's like some really hard enemies and then a gate where you go fight the next boss i was at that for two and a half to three hours And after about an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes, I was yelling and screaming at the TV because I was just like, this is bullshit. It shouldn't be this hard. Um, (laughs) Stuff like that. And like, I finally got to the gate and went through it and got killed on my first try against the boss. I'm like, nope, I I need to know when I'm done. This is when I'm done. This is just nope. And I turned the game off. I was like, that's it. I've already been yelling and screaming for an hour and a half. No. I'm done, and I turned it off, and I didn't play it for a few days. Mm-hmm. So okay, that was like right. kind of like a rage quit, but kind of not. It's more of I re I reached my limit. Yeah. Um, that sounds like you're right on the edge of a rage quit, and then you mm-hmm. like reeled it back in. Yeah, you yeah. didn't throw the controller. Nothing got broken <laughs> the, or overturned. Came a docile quit. Yeah, the other time I rage quit, uh, Sean was there. Uh, we were playing D and D. And uh, I had a player, we were playing online, digitally, on Roll20, oh, yeah. and one of our players, um, we were playing every other week, and pretty much every session, she had a problem. But she was, like, she wasn't rolling good, basically, and was taking it kind of out on me. So mm-hmm. it got to a point where, like, she's rolling bad, and I'm telling her the rules and telling her how it is. She's not paying attention to other things going on, and she's rolling bad, and she's just, you know, I'm, and, like, every session, she's like, I'm done. I'm just not going to play anymore. I quit. I'm done. And I just got tired of hearing it. And so as she's getting ready to go through her rant of, I'm done, I don't want to play anymore, I can't handle click, I closed out the webpage and walked away. Hmm. Hmm. I was like, I, I'm like, I don't, I, I'm not going to, I'd spend 
two, three, four hours a week before we play, preparing and setting up and figuring out what we're going to do, to then have to hear somebody complain the entire time because they're not playing good. So it was a rage quit they were losing. It was just you're frustrated with somebody else's behavior. Yeah, Yeah. it was it was a rage quit on I I have dealt with this for multiple weeks on end now. I don't want to do it anymore. So I closed out. Yeah, because it was it wasn't even like it wasn't even that she was playing poorly. It was that she was rolling poorly, which is something that no one has any control over. Shit happens. Yeah, 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 it was just shitty. But she was just like it, it, it was she was taking it personally. Mm hmm. When the dice didn't break her way. Yeah, and it kind of felt like she was taking it out on me mm-hmm. whenever she would roll poorly. So, like, I, I I exited out. I think eventually she quit, and then they all texted me. I was like, come on back. Let's finish this up. And I went back. We finished the session properly. And then she hasn't been welcomed back to the table since then. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only life, so much. Life's too short. It's yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, you don't. You, you, it, that D&D is a fun time space. We can't have fun times. So maybe, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's been good since. It has been. It has been. Kind of slow at points, but that's on me, not on you guys. Yeah. Um, but I'm working on making We're it old. better. What's We're that? Old. We're old now. So, like, it's just we just start late and then we get tired. <laughs> yeah. Which is why so I try tired. To, which is why yeah. I try to play every two weeks because mm-hmm. that's like a nice little balance every I- other week. Yeah. I've played Madden with people like that before, and it's it's like it, with certain people, it's just like, well, you, you you're just an asshole, go to hell. Uh, and other people who I'm closer friends with, who I played Madden with, who behave like that, I just realize after a couple of times, I'm like, oh, this is just how they are. Like, there's it's not meant to be personal in any way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. It's just the way that they are. It doesn't make it any easier to deal with. It's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, you know, I'm I'm not gonna. Uh, I play Madden with you like once every two weeks, whatever. You know, just just water under the bridge and then mm-hmm. once it's done we're just gonna be back to the way we are yeah uh so you know it depends on <laughs> who is the transgressor i guess yeah. in that case mm-hmm. uh sean what was the last thing you rage quit uh the last thing i don't know i don't really rage quit things i like it like richie i like what did with demon souls i like rage take breaks <laughs> so i remember like when i was when i was playing through cuphead which is a notoriously <laughs> hard side scroller i i yeah. had to once I started being mad at other people, like when Mary would come by, <laughs> I would be like mad at her for like walking. And I'd be like, okay, I need to. T- I need to t- <laughs> How dare you exist in my space? <laughs> yeah, I need to take them, take the rest of the day off of this game. And I eventually, mm-hmm. like, I, for the most part, I eventually do beat it. But like games like, I think I played Dark Souls 2, and it is, they're just so hard and unforgiving. I'm just like, I'm just not going to do this. And it's not like, right. I don't feel like I'm raging. I'm just like, this isn't bringing me any joy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to Marie Kondo it. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm just like, this isn't fun for me. I yeah, mean, right. Like, if you enjoy Get Good games, like, man, get good and beat them to your heart's content. But like, that's just not for me. A game that punishes you for doing poorly, I can't get behind. Like, I can get behind super hard. Like, Celeste mm. is a good example. A super hard platforming game, but like you get to replay every single level so quickly that it's not like it's not the worst. But mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah, I I don't know what it is. I just I love those like pattern recognition kind of games mm-hmm. where like with 
Demon Souls and Dark Souls and everything. Like you got to recognize the tells for the moves. Like uh, when I played God of War or uh, Dad of War, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, Angry Dad I, Simulator. Angry Dad Simulator. Mm-hmm. Um, Accurate. I fought the Valkyrie Queen, and this was on normal mode. Took me mm-hmm. two hours, and yeah, I yeah. died like every five minutes. Not that even. Fight sucks. It sucks, mm-hmm. but I had so much fun doing it because it's just reading the moves and learning and getting the rep and understanding what's going to mm-hmm. happen. I just, I don't know. It's just, it's so fun to me. The, 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 I hated that fight because like the tells for, and for the, cause ultimately she's the culmination of all of the Valkyries you fought till then. Mm-hmm. So the tells that you learned in the other ones, it's like, Oh, here's an obvious tell. Here's an obvious tell. But she takes it. And it's like, oh, the tell that lasts two seconds is going to last a quarter of a second. Yeah. So it's there. It's just super fast. And if you missed it, you're fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like, how, how, like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, at that point, there is no point to the tell. And you might as well have just, like, you're just guessing this entire effing time. Yeah. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honestly, the last thing that I rage quit was probably, um, I uh, like, Sean, I, I don't typically rage quit with other people. Like, I just... Like, I don't want to be known as the guy who rage quit, like, in, a, in any particular thing. So, like, it'll only be when I'm alone. And it's almost exclusively when I'm playing against the computer and, like, Madden or NBA 2K or something like that. Um, like, I don't board games, I typically don't. Um, but I remember the most recent one was actually about a week ago when I was playing the computer in NBA 2K20, last year's game. And I had never played. They have all the WNBA teams in there, and I didn't know that. Uh, mm-hmm. like I, I had an idea that they had worked that in in some way, but I'd never gone out of my way to go play as one of them. So I'm like, you know, what? I know like a handful of WNBA players. Like I'm just going to give this a try. So I went and played as, oh, Seattle. I play as a Seattle storm because they've got the old logo that looks like the Seattle Sonics logo on top of it. Um, and I know I'm like, oh, okay, I know, um, oh, Brianna, Brianna crud, Brianna, not her. No, I can't remember now. Shoot. She played for UConn. I can't remember her name now, but she's awesome. She's a power forward. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, I know these players, like I'm going to do well and freaking Brittany Griner on <laughs> whatever team I was playing against. I can't, I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of now just wrecked my shit, <laughs> like 30 points, 20 rebounds, like freaking Shaquille O'Neal up in here. And it was just, I, it was just, I had nobody who could possibly stop her. So I think in the middle of the fourth quarter, I'm just like, I'm down by 30. This isn't fun. Like I'm not learning anything about the game. All I know is that Brittany Griner. Uh, is both my mother and my father and uh, and uh, and I'm done <laughs> so I quit uh, so congratulations virtual Brittany Griner uh, you absolute beast you uh, any other rage quit stories no I don't think well, so hell, yeah. well, not too yeah. recent at least no 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 not recent rage yeah Recent events also put things in perspective, too, where it's like, ah, you know, this game isn't the worst thing that could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What is our next question, Sean? Our next question is, how's your handwriting? Garbage. Awful. Terrible. I have beautiful handwriting, guys. <laughs> you would. <laughs> you <laughs> absolutely would. <laughs> I do. I have... Calligraphy I Catholic, expert. I went to Catholic school for eight years, and they were, like, real hard, like, old school handwriting is, like, needs to be perfect. Like, it's not... Our parents' level, where I feel like everyone who's over the age of probably 50 now is just has gorgeous handwriting. Like, everything looks like calligraphy. But my handwriting is very nice. It's nicer than Mary's, because Mary made me write all of our invitations <laughs> to our wedding. So, but I do have beautiful handwriting. I mean, I, my mom would disagree, 
but I have beautiful handwriting. <laughs> Matt and I also went to Catholic school. They just didn't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. There. <laughs> Philip and James yeah, is weird. like, it looks like a letter. Good enough. Yeah, they got mm-hmm. handwriting to us for like two years, uh, first and second grade, and then that was that was the end of that. My my handwriting still looks like uh you piled a bunch of like tree like branches and twigs together um and put them in the form <laughs> of different letters. Like it's just all jagged and scribbly and everything. It's it's brutal like my, my my own signature looks fine uh like my cursive signature but if i'm just printing letters like it, it looks like a 10 year old so um before uh we started before i started dming on the computer i would bring a composite notebook like the black and white notebooks uh and i would have like all the scripting everything written down in this book i will post this picture on the socials when we when this episode comes up but this is my wall of text for uh, one of my um, sessions, and yeah, mm. it is just mm. sometimes I even have issues reading it. You and Jake it's got a very, very all work. <laughs> it's got a very all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy vibe to it. <laughs> it's like I, I guess I'm just confused by the inconsistency of the lettering size. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the and the spacing? funny th- the the funny thing is a lot of mine. Uh, a lot of my handwriting will alternate between using all caps to using caps and lowercase to using just lowercase. Because when I was in high school, I had um, electronics and an architectural design class where like the main one of the main things he teaches is lettering for when you're doing schematics because it all has to be the same. And so lettering with schematics is all in capital letters. So like that being built into my head, I'm just like always sometimes doing that, sometimes doing small letters. Sometimes if I'm writing really fast, it's it's bigger. If I'm writing really slow, it's smaller. It's just it, – it's all over the place. All over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean my handwriting is probably better than my – or my script, I guess, or cursive is probably better than my uh, print. But it's still very much not good. And I think my favorite part is that when I sign – and it's very prevalent because my name is Tim, but my capital T's don't look like what you would consider the classic cursive capital T. And that's because I used to struggle so much with it when I started at <laughs> Philip and James in third grade. I was like, yo, this this looks dumb and this takes too long. And then Mrs. Romano, my teacher at the time, uh, she wrote her T's in like a different way. So rather than it being like you do the bottom and then you go back, like lift your pen off and then go back and do the top, she did it all in like one fell swoop, which looked closer mm-hmm. to like how you do an F before you put the crossbar in it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, so I was like, oh, that's so much easier. I'm going to do that. And she started yelling at me and I was <laughs> like, but this is how you do your T. So clearly it's not wrong. <laughs> and then she didn't have anything like, well, that's not how you're supposed to do it. I was like, well, listen. This works. This doesn't. I'm doing it that way. And then she picked you up and threw you out the window to a different school across town. <laughs> no, she just uh, told sicker Eunice, uh, Sister Eunice, sick him. Yeah, go get him. Go go get him. <laughs> get, get him, girl. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, so now, Catholic school hit or miss with the, with the handwriting it seems. Uh, lessons, apparently. It seems like it. I was, um, I was uh, uh, um, just public school my whole life, so that's why. Well, I, my you didn't hand- miss much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless, unless you're Sean, who like, got a 
full-on calligraphy, like <laughs> signing letters for the queen type of uh, yeah, were, hand, handwriting proficiency. It was pretty – well, I don't know if it, my school was serious about it, but my mom was. My mom was like, you need to have beautiful handwriting. And so I have – my when I'm just writing regular, it's not great. But if I'm taking my time and making – like, then it is nice. I actually – my handwriting was so poor that in middle school it actually caused me problems in calculus because there was a problem. I, I was getting after school help on a problem and for the life of me, it was like a – I think it was a quadratic equation. It was one where it was like A, a squared plus B plus C, one of those. And um, and my I couldn't figure out where I had gone wrong. My teacher couldn't figure out where I, had, where I had gone wrong and he went through each step over and over again. And then once he was like, ah, your Bs look like sixes. <laughs> at some point i had just started i my my b had morphed into a six and i just and you treated it as such just pooch the equation as a result so uh so yeah it, it, it learn how to do at least a modicum of handwriting so you can identify whether or not your your letter is a number or not I was, exactly i was always told i would be a doctor when i grow up because of my handwriting that's why they call me dr cool Dr. Cool. Yes. <laughs> That's why. I've, I've, I've heard that mentioned on a number of occasions. Um, <laughs> Sean, what's our next question? Our next question is, is it unethical to show ads during kids' shows? Mm, yeah. I think... I don't know about unethical. I don't think it's unethical to show ads, but I think what is unethical is when they have a... It's this is more in like the YouTube space when they have a video that is an ad and aren't clear about it. Mm-hmm. Like a video that is branded. Like this is a big problem with um like Ryan's Toys Reviews and all of his uh spin-offs. It's like his all of his stuff is for kids, but they're they're never really clear that like especially with, with even with the toys reviews where like the toy will reach out to him and be like review our toy so it's a, it's an ad mm-hmm. like it's not and so i think that's maybe unethical because you're looking at a kid and being and the kid is seeing an ad and just being like oh you know this kid likes it so i'm gonna like it so mom get me this toy that maybe is unethical because you're, you're advertising directly to a child who doesn't know better yeah i mean they've been doing that for i mean that's you're you're correct in the sense that they're hiding that in some way and it's yeah. not the same way that like when legends of the hidden temple would kick it to a commercial and you'd yeah. see the skip it <laughs> yeah, you know you'd know yeah. that you know think, that's a commercial i think yeah having it separated as a break it kind of even though as a kid you can't really tell the difference it still is enough to be like this isn't part of the content that i'm consuming this is yeah. something else but is that is, but is there a difference as far it. as is there a difference as far as the way the kid consumes it like if they if they had like some cross promotional thing if they did in the 90s you know, if Olmec was just like spitting out Gak or something like that in the middle of, of doing this program, like I still might be like, oh, Gak is cool. Like, I think the ultimate result is still, you know, mm-hmm. hey, mom, dad, get me this. Like the, the you know, there, there might be some shadiness to it as a result of, of making it seem like it's not an ad when it is. But like ultimately the same thing is just gonna be like, hey, mom, and dad, get me this. Because ultimately the kid doesn't have any buying power at that point mm-hmm. unless you give them an allowance or they've stolen a credit card. <laughs> I, I still think it hits different because even as I mean, at least for me and maybe not for everybody, like growing up watching a commercial, you know, it's just that it's a commercial and you know that it's Maybe you don't know what the term product placement is or, or or something like that, but you know what a commercial is. Like that's something that you can 
I mean, maybe under the age of five or under the age of six, that might be different. But even for someone eight, nine, ten, who's watching something like, uh, what is it, Ryan's Toys? Yeah, Ryan's Toys Reviews was like is like the biggest channel on YouTube that nobody knows who's over the age, who doesn't have kids yet. Yeah, so I, I, I've heard of it, though. So Yeah. But that's completely different because that doesn't come across as this is a commercial. This is this comes across as, oh, this is another kid who's enjoying this thing, genuinely enjoying this thing. And, and like you said, he thinks it's fun. So I'm going to think it's fun. Whereas like seeing kids having fun in a commercial, it's like, well, that's not really a thing. Whereas kids via YouTube and there, there, there's been some videos on this kind of topic feel more of a connection to that YouTube person as if they actually know them. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes like, well, growing up outside of TV and stuff, if you had a friend who had something cool, you're like, that's cool. I want that. So that's different. It's it's you're, you're blurring the line between advertisement and a genuine review mm-hmm. or, or more of a like, hey, cool. My cool friend has this thing. So I need this thing. And that that's disingenuous, I would think. So morally, uh, I don't know how to... I, I think the idea of that YouTube channel is morally ambiguous at best. No shade to the child. It's his parents. No, nah, the kid's cool. <laughs> like, to, to be clear, we're not shading a <laughs> child who's reviewing toys. It's just, so so if, anything, a little bit. if anything, I don't think it's an issue with the ads. I think it's an issue with the, like, I'm cashing in on my child as a cash cow. And that's just taking advantage of not only your child but other people's children yeah it's been following in a long line of, of decades of people uh capitalizing on their potential fame of their child by like stealing their money or <laughs> like uh, uh or, or anything like that we're finding uh, new ways to circumvent child labor laws yeah the the yeah. barrier the, the barrier to entry it used to be just like you know pageant moms and you know the parents of child actors or something like that and now the barrier of entry has been lowered to that every parent can exploit their children for extra money <laughs> if they really wanted to that's true yeah uh rich what are your thoughts i mean I, I i agree like when it comes to like tv shows or even shows like good mythical morning and stuff they make it blatant that oh this is an ad or like there's commercial breaks and and whatnot it's not unethical in that way because fortunately even kids shows have to pay the bills but then when you do have like the Ryan Toys reviews and, and shows like that where they don't make it obvious, um, I'm in the, the nature of like, yeah, that's like you're 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 hitting the line right there. Like the kid doesn't know this is an ad, whether or not the parents know the kid doesn't know. And you need to make that obvious during the commercial during the, 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 the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, morally, they should. I, I still the the end game of getting the kid to buy the product i mean mm-hmm. i don't know i mean it's it's you you are setting a precedent at that point to you know for the kid to just either believe everything or like to not believe everything that they see i mean ultimately the point of product placement is to get somebody interested in in a buying mood and in a buying mm-hmm. mindset so that they buy your product and whether you're doing it via like blatant advertising or having ryan's toys do it you know i think the end result is is the same in my opinion but i think you bring up a good point tim where it's like you trust this person as like a friend, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about Ryan's toys aside well, from what there, I'm, I'm so learning during just, this conversation. I just remembered this and I don't, it, this came up because Jake, this didn't, this, this question I don't think was inspired by this, but I remember a while ago, Jake came to me and basically was like, let me do, let me do gambling. 
because there was like a site that one of the YouTubers that he liked was was it was basically like one of those things where like you buy a scratch off more or less and then you pay and then you can you have like oh we you can maybe win an iPad or whatever and yeah, like yeah, yeah. one of the people like Jake didn't know that that company was paying that guy to tell them that they could like win an iPad or whatever and so I think that's what's kind of shady is like because Jake Jake was just like oh this guy who who is trustworthy and I love to go watch his Pokemon Go videos like this guy told me to go do that and I don't think there's anything inherently unethical about what that guy's doing it's just like if the kid doesn't know it's an ad, it just seems like a guy you trust telling you mm. to do something that like is is a little bit iffy. <laughs> okay, no, I, I buy that because like you see an ad for like oh you know points bet casino, you're like oh that's an ad telling me to do something I'm not supposed to be doing. Yeah. But if it's a kids program saying it's good, it's like it's like you're you're whitewashing it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being like oh well it's, it can't be a bad thing because it's on this kids show. Mm-hmm. Uh, this presumed kids show. So yeah, th- th- that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, any other thoughts on this question? Mm-hmm. Advertising's tricky, man. Yeah, it's it's hard because I don't I don't think there's anything inherently wrong. Like Matt said, when we were watching uh, Legend of the Hidden Temple, they were like, yeah. "Now here's moon shoes." Yeah, they, yeah. They, <laughs> and all the prizes would be stuff that like Nickelodeon was advertising anyway. So yeah. you see the ad, and then you'd be like, "Oh, that must be cool!" Like all the cool kids are having fun with it. And oh my god, that's at the top of the aggro crag. The moon <laughs> shoes at the top of the aggro crag. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Uh, I can but, win sock and boppers. The, yeah, yeah I, was, I was just gonna say They're more fun than the, a pillow fight. The five runner-ups that didn't get past the uh, the moat bridge in Legends <laughs> of the Hidden Temple, they all won moon shoes. <laughs> yeah. Well, all I need is 795 box tops, and then I can also have <laughs> oh, for granola tops. for golden grams. Uh, uh, what's our next question then, Sean? Our next question is, are you put off by patriotism now? <laughs> Mainly because most patriotism you currently see is uh, nationalism disguised as patriotism because people are dumb and don't know the difference. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't I don't think I'm turned off by patriotism, but I'm turned off by nationalism, which yeah. is what I'm seeing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like I think there's there's a line there's a, a place between people who 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 like you said, Tim, are, are now just like, you know, this country is great and I love America because, you know, I love just the people that live here who were born here, you know, white people. Uh and then there's the other side of things where it's like we gotta tear this motherfucker down. Uh, and I think there's a space in between where you're like, yo, I, where, where I kind of reside, which is I still have pride in my country, even though that pride has taken a bit of a hit over the last <laughs> three and a half to four years. Uh, but I, I still have pride in my country. And in spite of some of the the blatant black marks that have existed in, in the United States uh, that have come about throughout history, uh, going back you know, a couple hundred years, you know, in spite of that, the fact that we have changed so substantially and the fact that, that our, our system has adapted and and socially we've advanced gives me still a lot of pride in this country where we're like, yeah, man, like, you know, we just had a, like about a, uh, six months ago, we had a decision on the, the marriage equality law and like three conservative justices sided in favor of it. And I'm like, that's, that's wild. Like, that's a cool thing. That, like, are there, the Republican, like, presumably, like, socially regressive party in this country, we still had three representatives of that party on the Supreme Court who were like, no, we got to keep this this marriage equality law on the books. So mm-hmm. I still have a lot of pride in that respect. But I do agree with you, Tim, that that patriotism in the United States, at least, has basically become shorthand for a very uh, hateful and bigoted agenda. Yeah. yeah. 
Just just because I'm uh, not necessarily proud to be proud of America doesn't mean I'm not proud to be an American. Like, yep. I mm-hmm. like right now. Yeah, we, we're we're pretty shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I see someone being like like you, Matt, right there, like what you were saying is like we have these issues, we but we're working on fixing them. That is patriotism, right there. Like you mm-hmm. you you know your country has problems, and you 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 know that we need to try to fix them. Nationalism, fuck that shit. Like, yeah, I think just yeah, I think uh, you're right. I think true patriotism is recognizing the things that are wrong and making the efforts to make them better. Mm-hmm. Because you you see the potential that America has. I think that's mm-hmm. patriotism is seeing America's potential and working towards that, as opposed to being like, no, we're right now. It's what is it's the best, best yeah, yeah, going to yeah. be ever has been ever will be. Right, stupid. There's a, there's, <laughs> there's there's space between that and then like. There's space between that opinion, which is like, yeah, yeah, the, we're we're at the perfect realm of America right now, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the opinion that like, hey, that admittedly, there's terribly horrible, racist, and hateful stuff that has happened in this country, and I know I know and have interacted with people and had conversations with people who are of the opinion that, hey, listen, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution were signed by slave owners, and therefore that sort of poisoned the well. Like, there's no uh-huh. way we can come back from that. In my mind, I'm, I, and that's not where I am. Like, I think, yeah, it would have been nice if the First Amendment was, and also all the black people are free. <laughs> like, that would have been nice. Uh, if that was the First Amendment to the Constitution, I would have preferred that. It would have, <laughs> have, have eliminated a lot of problems in this country that have that continue to exist to this day. Um, but I also think that there is room to amend, uh, literally amend, because we have amendments to the Constitution. But I think that there is room to grow as a country and there's reason to have pride in your country, even when there has been immense amounts of, of faults and terrible things that have happened in its history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on patriotism? No. In general? <laughs> no. 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 Yeah. It's, a, it's a bummer because I remember like after 9-11, people would like chant like USA and I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's that good stuff. And then now yeah. I hear that and I'm like, oh man, like you it's like, like such a shove it, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, it's when, like I know that you don't like black people. Like <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when we would go to Firefly, we would have themed days, and one of the themed days would, would be American Always Flag be USA American. Day. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't think I would do that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be with as much glee. No. I can put Definitely. it that way. For sure. Um you know, there's no more like, you know, find everything that has an American flag on it and wear it around at this music festival. Like, uh, that's that's not happening right now and not for the next couple of years, I would yeah. guess. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens uh, over the next thing you know, four years. We'll yeah. yeah. So uh, what do we got next, Sean? <laughs> we have this is just like a lot of heavy questions. So hell yeah. Cruel to keep animals in zoos. Oh, boy, we've never had this one. Mm is it cruel to keep animals in zoos? I'm going to say it depends. <laughs> I, I agree and with gonna, you. I completely flake out on that because <laughs> I, I do fundamentally think that there are instances where we're, we're uh, look, I'm not going to claim to know every ethical, every decision that goes into putting an animal in a zoo. I do. My, my general understanding is that there are instances where animals are put there when they don't need to be. And it's cruel to the animals because they don't have space to roam and there's no need to put them in an unnatural habitat. And there are also several instances where you've either got endangered animals or animals who are at risk in some way. And the only way that they can stay healthy and have a fulfilling life, as fulfilling as you can when you're an animal, is in a zoo with the care of professionals. What do you guys think? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
I do I do think I think it depends. I I think there's I feel the same way about zoos as I feel about, you know, um what's that like big game hunting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand the purpose that it serves is that you these people go and they hunt elephants or whatever, but then the money that they have to pay an exorbitant amounts of money to be able to do this, and that money then funds the rescues for the elephants. Hmm. So like that funds the preserve. And I think it's the same with zoos where it's like you have ideally you would have a zoo like here is a tiger. And then the part of the money that you spent to be able to see that tiger goes to improving the habitats of the tigers in the mm-hmm. wild. So it's kind of a, now I don't want to say it's a necessary evil, but it's like, it's a bad thing, but something good, really gen- genuinely good comes out of it where you both are increasing people's exposure to these things because like, you know, what do we care about the, um, the, the environments of the, the biome in Africa mm-hmm. and it's, it can help to raise money for, to help enhance that. So I don't know. It's an, it's an, it's a nature of humans where like you, you tend to have more sympathy for and care for and knowledge of something when you seen it in person mm-hmm. you know the, the, the point of a zoo is it's like a public educational thing where hey we don't have bengal tigers in the united states typically mm-hmm. uh but uh but we could have a bengal tiger at a zoo and then i'm like oh my god the bengal tigers and then you know maybe you, it just piques your interest you go home as like a 10 year old and you just want to learn everything about tigers and then that that, that uh, you know propels you into a life of, of learning about these animals and becoming appreciative of nature and appreciative of the ecosystem. So yeah, I think, I think it's not a simple answer. Um, yeah. Tim, what do you think? Um, so more, more or less, I, I don't, I don't fucking know. I agree with Sean. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, I think the idea of if you're not exposed to it and you don't know anything about it, you don't give a fuck. And if anything, our, uh, our country has definitely proved that as going back to our last question. Uh, and I've literally had conversations with people that they're like, well, I haven't seen it. So clearly it's not that big of an issue. And it's like, that is the most ignorant and self-centered fucking thing I have ever heard. It's observation bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not it's happening to me. Like, so it's like, okay, so you live in this bubble of like maybe a hundred people. Do you know how many people there are in Westchester? A lot more than a fucking hundred people. So you don't know jack shit about most of Westchester. You maybe know about 1% of Westchester. You know how many cities are in Chester County? A lot more than fucking Westchester. So like, and then it just goes out There's from West there. West Goshen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing. If you don't know shit about elephants or haven't seen any of these things, you're highly likely to not care. Um, that being said, there are a ton of zoos and stories that have come out even since we were even in the last couple of years that just like horrible zoo conditions because mm-hmm. they're just they just don't give a fuck. So they're taking that money and they're putting it somewhere else. And it's like whereas there are zoos that do all of those things that Sean said, it's like we're, we're putting this into improving environments, not only here, but even sending money back to there. Maybe I don't know. Um, there's mm-hmm. rescues that do stuff like that. Or like Matt said there's an endangered species that literally if we left them to their own devices would go away. So they're actively trying to bring that species back and develop that, which doesn't always work. And there are multiple species that we've run into issues because most of them ended up in captivity. And then it turns out 
up. They don't really mate in captivity. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, there are good parts. There are bad parts. You can't fully accept it, or you shouldn't fully accept it, because clearly we've seen problems. You can't fully deny it, because we've also seen a lot of benefits to it. So, it's just, like our country, strive for better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, uh, to... to... Uh, play on Tim's point about certain zoos are shitty, certain aren't. Aren't like we all were enthralled in a documentary about a sit- shitty zoo owner and zoo, Tiger King. Yeah, that show like, sucked. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Glee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then you have like for us all locally, the Philadelphia Zoo, which is a really nice zoo. I I'd have to do more research into whether or not like they're very like f- like like they support the the uh, like elsewhere or if they're just all yeah. for themselves yeah. i'm not sure but like tiger king and his zoo fuck that place philadelphia zoo maybe it's less cruel like i mean i don't know it it, it is a it is a another like fine line to figure yeah. out there's a, uh, much like most things there's a lot of nuance to yeah. go through yeah it's, and I will say that tiger, the Tiger King Zoo is also a pretty easy bar to clear for most zoos. <laughs> like you, could, you could be like a D minus level zoo, and at least you're not you're not him. Yeah. You're not that guy. Um, I mean, at least uh, like circuses aren't allowed to have animals anymore, which is better. And mm-hmm. circuses that was the most cruel. Um, so that's good at least. But <laughs> I, I I agree with everything we've all said. Like yeah yeah. Then we get from, away from anything circus related aside from like the like the trapeze and like the physical feats of strength. Like we don't need any more of the like freak like the oh look at the freaks kind of stuff. <laughs> like we we don't need that we don't need that anymore. It's not it's not only is it cruel and unusual like just that parade these people out there like that, but it's just stupid entertainment. Like it's 2020, get over it. Uh, you know, figure <laughs> out something new to entertain yourself aside from like gawking at at poor poor terrible poor people or like animals like <laughs> mm-hmm. let's stick to the feats of strength let's stick to the feats of aerobics when it comes to the the circus or maybe we can just move on from the circus as a means of entertainment from now on <laughs> yeah yeah you're right with that said i've seen Cirque du Soleil exactly once and it was breathtaking Cirque du Soleil, <laughs> i saw i saw them uh a couple years ago for their winter show in new york it was amazing word yeah man those guys are incredible mm-hmm. um sean what's next do people have a right to internet access? Oh, here we go. Uh, so, so this I read is, this is before the, internet the show started. Utility. I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know how I want to answer that." So, this so is basically, is the internet a utility? Yes, it should be. At this point, yeah, it's it is is ubiquitous. The right word because I yeah. think it's ubiquitous. Uh, it's I, I don't think at the beginning, I don't think so. Like I didn't have the internet for a while when I would, and I had to do like projects. I would go over to my aunt's house and be like, can I use your internet? And they would have to, everyone have to get off the phone. But I think now it just, it is in terms of like getting a job, even it's almost impossible. Nobody's taking walk-ins anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, take off, take COVID off the, bored for a second like nobody's taking walk-ins even without that so i think you if you don't have internet access you're so far behind it's almost impossible to survive yeah i i I think my my i have a very uh like moldable opinion on this because for a while i'm like i was i'm like i i'm for for a long long time i was of the opinion like well look it's 
it's a premium thing. Like I, I've, I have family members who very happily don't have the internet, don't have email and they love it and are like very, very resistant to, to having access to it. And like, but that's not the question. The question is if you want access to the internet, should it be just funneled to you the way that, you know, water or gas or electric is, or, or your telephone line. And I, I guess at this point, so is the question is that, is it a right? Is it a right to, ha- to, do people have a right to internet access is the question. Is it, so I guess the question would be, do you have a right to a telephone line? Because if you have a right to a telephone line, I think at this point that probably extends to the internet as well. Mm-hmm. I, I will say yes. I think there should be like a government option to just like, here's your internet line. Like, even if it's like DSL or or if a mm-hmm. dial up line or something like that like to give you something but like that that's the question is like okay then what's the ma- the machinations behind it uh yeah. J- T- tim rich jump in here what the, do you guys the, think? the machinations behind it are going to be spacex because they have been launching their uh satellite constellation up to give really good satellite internet to rural and to rural areas that don't have good internet access oh we can't have that then because it has elon musk's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like yeah, Sorry. It, it sucks because it's Elon Musk. <laughs> Strike he, three. He, he sucks straight up. But like yeah. that's well, a broken that's, clock is right twice a day. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And again, 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 I will. I make my point very clear on Elon Musk. Like, I'm not saying that I want to be like bros with Elon Musk. And as a CEO, like, you know, I won't. I won't vouch for his quality as an employer or what he does for his employees. Uh, what I will say is that his primary function for society is inventing cool shit. Uh, and mm-hmm. as the, in that function, he has uh, so far delivered uh, yeah. so in, in general. So that that is my my general yeah. opinion on Elon. Him, him as a person sucks. Him as a business person, business mm-hmm. owner, kind of also not great. But him as an inventor <laughs> and his companies, mm-hmm. they're doing some good stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I feel like it is something that like people have a right to access and a right to get into. Um. It, like like Sean said, it's next to impossible to find a job without it, or at least a non-retail job without it. Like, And most retail places, like if you were to go to Target and ask to fill out an application, they bring you to a computer to fill out a, an, an, a computerized application. Mm-hmm. Like most, like, because a lot of places now want you to fill out those questionnaires after to see if you're good enough to work there. So they want you to go online and, and apply. Mm-hmm. So functionally, that that's going to mean like, because if you want a phone line now through, you know, one of these these phone line providers, like I, I will I will vouch for not knowing this because I haven't had a landline phone in like over ten years, uh, so I, I don't remember. But like, functionally, you're going to wind up getting your phone through, you know, and maybe not the biggest provider, but like, is the is the answer then okay? There's like this one like super cheap option, like if you don't want to get. Is there, Gig speed is, internet is there or something. a bad for a phone right now? Like, is there? I have a, no a, idea. An option for the phone. I the, I feel like this is the ultimate millennial moves. Like, I I don't know what it what what entails like, having a like, phone anymore. I, I know there are certain municipalities and and counties in New Jersey that have um, government run electricity. Mm-hmm. Like we all have like PSENG, but there are some areas that ele- their electricity is ran through the government. And mm-hmm. so, like, they, they can lean that and, and things like that as well. So I'm mm-hmm. sure there's something like that available for phone access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so it, I think then the question, uh, before, uh, before, I, before I say anything else, I'll, I'll let Tim speak his piece on this. I, I guess it comes down, uh, for me, it's like, well, what do you mean by right? 
because everyone not everyone some places in the middle of fucking nowhere there's literally just no infrastructure for it but like mo- most places whether it's comcast verizon or some third party subsidiary that no one's ever heard of for your specific region pretty much everyone does have a, like has the option it's just better paying for it correct but the I, I guess that's where i get down to uh, the right is there you have the right to internet it's just not free Mm-hmm. Just like your water's not free, your electricity's not free. So, like, yes, it is a utility. It is an expensive utility. And is there a possibility of making it cheaper? Yeah, probably. Because at this point, Comcast and Verizon more or less have just like an agreed upon oligarchy. Ol- oligarchy? That's not the right word. Monopoly? No, there's a difference when like. Duopoly. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I know there's another word for it, but I can't think of it right now. Yeah, I can't. But but there's like a word for when Oligopoly, more or less maybe. like a, a couple people like agree. And it's not like how many people agree. It's just like there is an agreement by these set of companies that this is the status quo and we are just going to lock everyone out pretty much. The answer, the answer to the question is the, the term is oligopoly. Uh, and yeah, I, and yeah. I want to apologize to my, my microeconomics professor, uh, Dr. Anthony Davies, for not remembering that. Okay. <laughs> so I, I wasn't too far off with oligarchy. No. I just knew that yeah, was yeah, a government right. and I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it kind of comes down to that for me is like we should be able to find some way of making it cheaper and more readily accessible. But it is accessible. It's just stupid expensive, just like a cell phone. And then it's a question of like, well, yes, we no longer use landlines. So to me, the landline replacement would be internet for ease of access and people getting access to you. And then it's like, all right, but what about cell phones? Are cell phones are right? And it's like, uh... yeah, that's a, that's a good point because like the, the, the I'll take healthcare as an example because um, healthcare, the argument now is, okay, healthcare is a right. Like people should have a right to healthcare access when they want it. And and so the, the solution that is proposed is, you know, either Medicare for all or some sort of subsidized healthcare system where you're not just left with like a $20,000, you know, hospital bill when you want to mm-hmm. go to the ER or something like that. So if, if having the internet is a right, presumably the solution to that would also be, you know, subsidized, you know, it just comes out of your taxes basically kind of of mm-hmm. internet service and i don't i i don't know if we're there yet but i i perhaps if you want to judge the internet as a utility yeah. uh that's the that's the the avenue that you go and that yeah. and i and that i think i agree with like i feel like that should be the route because honestly it, a lot of the a lot of the differences in like speed and access and this and the other thing it's like it's it's largely not infrastructure in a lot of places it's just this is what Comcast has decided to limit you to. Not physical capacity, not like anything else. It's just Comcast has decided this is the speed you're going to use because fuck mm-hmm. you. That's mm-hmm. it. Uh, and they are literally handicapping you mm-hmm. because they can. Mm-hmm. And same with and same with Verizon and same with like little other companies little other companies are for the most part like renting their lines from Comcast and Verizon anyway so less power there but to there is no real reason other than well we can make more money if we slow you down i and do enjoy uh <laughs> Um, I, I will say, first of all, I, I also think that there's a, a cap on devices. Like, it's not just a Comcast thing. I think it's also, like, 
there are a lot of devices like we have we have fairly good internet in our house but like there are certain devices where it's just like there's a cap on how fast your device can be based on what mm-hmm. it is oh yeah absolutely um, i'm just talking about like raw what is going into your house is yeah. not nearly as fast as it could be mm-hmm. or if we're, we're like in- they notice enough is going to your house and you know all of the arguments that came out when net neutrality was like i and honestly i have lost track of where that's at but all of those arguments that came out were already kind of happening mm. this and all of that had just made that easier yeah um any other thoughts on internet being a right no it's this again it's hard <laughs> yeah it is hard i, I think yeah that, that's the thing is like there's a lot of stuff that i think in society like whether it's you know we, we talk about healthcare being a right we talk about you know the internet or or x y and z being a right like eventually it's like okay well that if you're naming it a right, there has to be an action that you're taking as a result. For people, healthcare, it seems like a pretty easy sell. Like, okay, your health, if your healthcare is a right, then we should figure out a way that society as a whole is all coming together and subsidizing it. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do that with the internet? I don't know if we're there yet, even though, like you said, Sean, like we, we all talked about, is like it seems like society is moving in a direction where if you want to be part of it, uh, mm-hmm. you kind of need to at least have the ability to get to it, which I think most people do as long as they're willing to pay or able to pay a couple of bucks for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, how many questions do we have left? We have one more question. Let's, Let's get do it, it fucking done. And this is the bodega memo. Oh, Brian, good news, everyone. Brian so, uh, K. Everett, who, who wrote, so this is the audio one, which Matt can. Mm-hmm. I have, I have the audio here. It's, it's an audio memo. And mm-hmm. there with the message that came with it was, eh, Maybe it fits, maybe it don't. <laughs> yeah, so we got a uh, so we got our first ever audio question, our first audio daily double uh, here on the Brose podcast. <laughs> and uh, so we queued it up. Uh, I, I will I will in the interest of full disclosure, we we typically do not listen to our questions beforehand. I've heard the first twenty seconds of this for the purposes of making sure it, it would sound okay. Um, but uh, but I'm just gonna queue up the file here real quick. Here we go. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll. Sorry, wrong file. Um, <laughs> I thought that was just his intro. Now, yeah. no, 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 no. So, sorry, yeah, that's just that's just my uh, my my top ten most played on Spotify. Um, <laughs> all ten of them is just Smash Mouth. It's just different remixes of Smash Mouth. Uh, <laughs> all right, here's here's the uh, the audio question or the audio entry. Hey yo, there, brothers. Where the frig have you been? I almost canceled my next order Yoo-Hoo chocolate drink because I hadn't seen you since the election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right there in the same spot. Go on and get your chocolate water. <laughs> chocolate water. Yeah, so so let me tell you. What a goddamn month it's been, ain't it? I mean, thanks be to God, with the power of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the orange Cretan lost. Good Lord, could you have imagined if we had to deal with another four years of this shit so much lying and ass eating. It's too much for me. It gives me a heartburn. But check this out, okay? This goon, this silly loon down there in DC is still going on about how he actually won the election. Like, bruh, at this point, I have to know, what is this guy so afraid of? There's no way that this is just a competitor attitude. No way. I mean, shit, Carson Wentz has a competitor attitude, but he finally took a damn seat. Bring on Hurts! And I know, I know you're not ready for that conversation. We'll get there, trust me. 
yeah, so anyway, um, I bought a fucking house, and it's the best. I know some people are like, oh, when you buy a house, then that's the end of your life. No, this is the best. It's the best thing ever. I never went away to college for undergrad or graduate school, nothing. I've been working here in this bodega here for 27 years. And now that I got my own space, woo-wee, let me tell you what, the autonomy, the privacy is intoxicating. I don't ha even have any furniture yet. I just have Wi-Fi and a kitchen stool and this little iPad here. And I am so happy. I'm as happy as a Jersey mom on a beach day. It's just absolutely the greatest being on my own schedule. I love it. And best yet, I'm gonna have a garden this year. I'm gonna plant a garden. And there are gonna be so many sunflowers on my property that this stupid farm down the road ain't gonna have no basic honeys come through in September for the Instagram pictures. They're all gonna trespass on my yard for the hashtag fall photos, and the neighbors are gonna hate it. But you know what, I don't care. I don't give a shit about them. They pissed me off already, and I haven't even met them. There's one ghoul on the side of me. He's seen me twice, and pretty much once he sees me, he darts back right into his home while yelling at his wife. Like, hey man, just say hello, and also stop yelling at your wife. That's weird. And you're, I don't know. Anyway, and the other ones on the other side of my house, sheesh. Let's just say, let's just say, I don't think that they were too happy to see my dad wagon drive up as the new owner of this house with a pride sticker on the back of my bumper and a Biden-Harris sticker on the window. I'm gonna see how that ends up, uh, but, but, but you know what? I think I'm gonna make them a cake, actually. I'm gonna make them a cake, and I love baking cakes. It's rewarding. But now, you know, now that my semester is over, I'm gonna have so much time on my hands. So I'm gonna learn up on these time suck Facebook videos. You, you know, the ones about baking cakes where they, they dribble different colors into the cake. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. And you must have the patience of a saint. But I'm, I'm gonna make one of these cakes and it's gonna be the best. And unbeknownst to them, these neighbors, it's gonna have a rainbow interior cake. I'll walk over there, introduce myself all hetero and normative and junk, say howdy, how are you, sir? Wonderful home and neighborhood you got here. Howdy ma'am, I do admire your fine country kitchen theme. All right, see you in the yard and junk, how do, how do? And they're gonna be like, you know what, Janice? I think that young man doesn't strike me as a rainbow at all. You know what, Jeff? I think you're right. I think we have a fine neighbor now, praise the Lord. And then they're gonna cut into the cake and boom! Gay pride all up in your country kitchen. How you doing? Us bi folk are, we're sneaky people, aren't we? So, uh, so yeah, anyway, that, that's enough for now. I figured I would give this voice memo a try and see what happens. Because, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta make a big vat of spaghetti and yeet it at the wall to see what ends up sticking. Usually the paint just is gonna boil off the wall, but sometimes you get a lucky noodle. And for the life of me, I wanna figure out who invented that term, 
let's throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. I want to figure out who invented that and punch him in the throat. Because it's a dumb thing to say. Alright, alright, so, so bye now. Uh, thanks for buying nothing. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a real peach, too. All right? All right, bye. All right. T- tell, tell Mary I say hi, okay? All right. See you. <laughs> so, guys, um, I took a couple of notes um, as, a, as a reaction to this. Um, <laughs> for, first of all, uh, th- thanks. In- Immeasurable thanks to Brian Everett for for submitting this this audio entry into his, Brian's bodega. His his audio entry has more production quality than my other podcast does. So <laughs> I'm so, a couple so of confused. Um, first of all, uh, I don't know if you guys listen to a lot of uh, sports talk radio, um, but there's a character who calls into WIP who is he, he's a local musician actually doing a bit like he's a character and he's he's got his own drop and everything now and he's is this character named Tommy from down the shore. And I don't know if this is this is Bodega Brian's real voice or not, <laughs> but he bears an impeccable resemblance to Tommy from down the shore, drinking his hot dog water, uh, eating hoagies, uh, and, and talking about Carson Wentz with Jalen Ertz. Uh, boy, that was a, a something. So it sounds like he is going to try and antagonize his his regressive minded neighbors with a rainbow cake. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Go for it. I love that. I love I that 100%. Mm-hmm. There um, so much in there. <laughs> yeah, this, this tale just took so many like left turns, turned around, tri- switched cars. I I I was very lost, but it was very enjoyable and uh the 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 threat of a throat punch just like hit hit me in a it hit me right in my soft spot. Like I, I was, in, <laughs> in your throat? It hit it. you in your throat? Like No. <laughs> like in a, in a warm, soothing, but like pungent way. I, pungent's the wrong way, but you know, fuck it. Like I, that's I either thre- I either threaten to punch people in the throat or kick him in the taint. The second one I have to use rarely because it needs to catch people off guard and confuse the fuck out of them because no one's ever expecting I'm going to kick you in the taint. Be like, mm-hmm. no, I typically am not expecting a kick to the taint most often. So what was uh, what was his noodle proverb? Uh, uh, second the, part. Throw the throw the pasta at the wall. And yeah, he doesn't understand that that saying and where it came from was the uh, you throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. I, I didn't know it was spaghetti specifically. I just I knew the phrase is throw it at throw the wall, wall and see, and what, see sticks. what sticks. He yeah. said something about the noodle, though, which made me die laughing. I can't remember what it was now. Sometimes you find a great noodle. Sometimes you find It's awesome. Uh, just, well, congratulations, uh, Brian, on your yeah. new house. So, so yeah. he legitimately bought a <laughs> new house. Go, he, did congratulations. he did legitimately get, a, get buy a house. Mazel I thought he was going to say he brought a new bodega. <laughs> yeah, he's a very standoffish bodega owner. Like, he's very, very upset. Like, what a apparently, he, like we're the only people in the bodega who are forcing him to, you know, keep restocking <laughs> Yuhu. Uh, Yuhu is great, man. So I love my loves me my chocolate drink, <laughs> my chocolate water, <laughs> my chocolate so, water, chocolate water. <laughs> That's what got me was the chocolate water. W O O D E R. Like the yeah. most Delco nonsense possible. <laughs> um, I also have here on my notes uh, impeccable impression of Janice, uh, the <laughs> wife. Uh, and the last note is just in capital letters boom, gay pride all up in your country kitchen. Uh, <laughs> now, now, did he have a question in there somewhere? Was it about no. Trump? 
No, no. he's just <laughs> no. Okay. He's just... We we haven't talked to him since the election. This is just Brian. Brian has figured out that uh, we will give him a soapbox whenever he asks. Yeah, uh, that's, and yeah, he's taking advantage of take, and the the bodega is is yeah. there for you. We gave him an inch, and when he took a bodega, <laughs> I, you know, I'm all for it. I'm all for like uh, listener uh, audio questions. I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's just that's fantastic. I love you, Brian. I love you so much. Yeah, excellent work. Thanks as always, Brian. Uh, it's been a great trip to to Brian's bodega, uh, and I'm I am all in favor of just instead instead of Brian Everett, we're just he's just he's bodega Brian now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Continuing with the sports talk radio thing, like you have to get these, like you know, the the nicknames for these like regular callers that call in, and it's usually oh, crazy Bills calling in from from Fishtown. Uh, Now we have Bodega Brian. If if Mm -hmm. I ever meet him in life, in real in real life, he's gonna be Bodega Brian. I'm like, oh, I'll be like, oh, you're Bodega Brian. Nice to meet you. (laughs) What I want is for that six minute clip of him talking like a hoagie mouth dude from Wildwood. Uh, and then for us to meet him in person, and he just talks like John Lithgow. <laughs> Brian, Brian, uh, Brian Everett is one of the most well-spoken people I've ever met in my life. So he doesn't. He doesn't have sexual <laughs> well, Brian Everett is fluent in Spanish. Uh, yeah. We're. I can tell. We're gonna have to. Hola, have... llamo es Brian. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a brosé special with Brian Everett on it one day. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When we have our like a uh, our like fundraiser, the way that like WHYY has like the, the NPR <laughs> fundraiser, like we'll get him on the horn for part of the the, the callathon. <laughs> but he has to be Bodega Brian. He can't be mm-hmm. Brian Brian Everett. No, no, absolutely not. I, I won't. I, Brian Everett's not welcome Brian on the show. But Bodega Everett Brian may not show his face. Uh, we just have no. two. We just have two separate bits. We have uh, Bodega Brian, and then like an yeah. hour later, and uh, here's Brian Everett. It's just him with with him and a, him with a mustache. Welcome to our show, ladies <laughs> yeah. and gentlemen. My name is Winston Churchill. Um, so uh, that's going to do it for our show. Since we basically had a a, a hot take segment uh, at the end, I think we can call it a day uh, on on this one. But uh, but Sean, if people want to uh, find you and see your opinions, your takes, your uh, thoughts on on Twitter, where can they find you? At hey, it's so how about you, Tim? At Tim R. Hansen. And you, Rich. At B underscore Wanux. And you can follow me on Twitter at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast is on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast. On Facebook at Brose podcast. And on Instagram at Brose underscore podcast. Uh, you can listen to our show anywhere where fine podcasts are bought and sold, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Huge thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions. Thank you so much for doing that week in and week out. Uh, thanks, as always, to Shannon Vogel for designing our world-famous logo. You can find her work at Shannon Vogel Photography on Facebook or on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert, and you can listen to his work at the free music archive uh i'm gonna go around rich plug your stuff check out podcast uh nerdy roundtable where we talk about that week's nerd news and stuff we did um it's been pretty slow because it's the end of the year and the beginning of the year not a lot of news so i don't really know what to plug uh i watched more godzilla percent of five strikers just got announced february 22nd for the switch buckle in guys i might get that uh sean uh what about you you got some stuff going on right? if you want to see me frisbee ob disc golf on youtube 
Twitter and Obi underscore disc golf on Instagram. My content has been uh, fewer and far between because full disclosure, I've been depressed. But uh, hopefully, we'll get we'll get more of that coming out soon. Mm. Yeah, man, get out there. The, the people demand <laughs> the technique. The technique. Yes. The technique. Um, we need uh, our daddy disc golf. Amen to that. All right, guys. Say goodbye to the gentle listeners. Deuces. Bye. Bye. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweeten, Sean O'Brien, and the entire, and of course, Bodega Brian and the entire Action Moose team. Moo, 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 moo. My name is Matt Casnell, reminding you all to be smart about being stupid. Yay. Rip to MF Doom. 